everybody. Hope you're having another great week. I'm so excited for your guest today. She was super interesting. Her name is Kathy Kelly. She's the owner and curator of Paranormal Books and Curiosities and the Paranormal Museum. So she has tons of experience and tons of knowledge. I honestly felt like I could talk to her forever. So definitely give this a listen. You're going to love it. But also she has a podcast called Paranormal Tower. And she mentioned that she does go a little bit more in depth on the stories that she talks about on this podcast. So definitely give that a listen as well. And I hope you enjoy. Real Chills with Meg Katz. Real scary, real silly, real stories. Hi everybody, welcome to Real Chills. I'm so excited for our guest today. We have Kathy Kelly, the uh, owner and curator of Paranormal Books and Curiosities. Kathy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited you could be on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So whenever we have guests, we always ask the same question to start. And that is, when it comes to the paranormal, where do you find yourself? Would you say you're more of a skeptic or a true believer? Um, I think I sit in both camps um, with regard to that. I would say I am definitely skeptical, but um, I've seen enough that keeps me looking. And I think that you can be a believer in the paranormal and also maintain a really healthy skepticism about individual stories and and experiences. I like to say, I believe in the paranormal. I just don't believe every story that I hear. Sure. I think I'm the opposite. I I mean, with this show, I love hearing people's stories and I I usually, I don't try to debunk them right away. Uh, I mean, I totally defeat the purpose of the podcast (laughs) that'd be a different podcast altogether but um what's interesting is a lot of the people who are who are more in the paranormal community um I feel like the more skeptical they are you know they're a little bit more scientific in their approach like we've had paranormal um investigators in the past who who kind of had that same sentiment I think you have to be because I think you know, I mean, I think if you're someone that pursues the paranormal as more than just kind of a casual interest, even if you're a hobbyist or, or you know, I tend to lean against the whole idea of investigators because I think we're more along the lines of like explorers or safariists cool. or, or something like that sure. um, because we don't really maintain any, any kind of like you know, it's it's very difficult to, to well, I guess investigator would work, but I do think that we tend to be a little bit more casual than, than the name kind of puts out there. But um, I think if you were a person that is, that, that pursues this a little bit more than just like, I like to hear the stories or I like to, I like to be scared. You have to be more skeptical because you're going to become very uh, jaded if you don't, if you don't. (laughs) And, and I will say being skeptical makes those experiences that kind of defy your skepticism um that much more compelling so you know for instance i've investigated eastern state penitentiary 33 times i think wow that's so cool five times i had amazing 
you know, results. That means that 27 times I didn't. So the 27 times that I didn't have pretty much anything happen, make the five times that I did that much more compelling to me. So I think once you're, once you're an investigator, the, the, the lack of evidence becomes as important to you as the preponderance of evidence, because it just, you know, it, it, it just kind of reinforces the times when you do have things happen. That's so interesting. Did you notice any trends or or things that you did differently? The times, at least particularly with Eastern state that, that, um, um, to me, it was mostly location driven, um, where we were. Uh, but also I do think that there was something that had to do with the weather. You know, I always had a lot more activity when it was very cold. And I mean, like, crazy cold you know sure and i i you know i'm sure that there's some i mean listen we're talking about the paranormal you're not talking about anything that exists outside of nature right you're just talking about things that are not normal Mm -hmm. so um and which which really just means not common right it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. well you know i mean there's 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 like preternatural there's paranormal there's all of those things but mm-hmm. when you're talking about the paranormal it's it's really just stuff that we don't really understand yet um and so i would imagine that there's some kind of you know th- that that there's some kind of explanation that exists with the the you know within the the boundaries of of kind of the natural world that we just right. don't know yet so to me i do think that maybe it's more of a stew or a soup than we think it is you know so maybe it was the weather and the people that were present and the time and the you know all of those things but um i did notice that we had more activity in the deep winter months than we did say in a very humid august that's so interesting to me like i wonder because i know uh, so i always think of um paranormal activity like part and i don't know what the activity is that you're describing i like but so I'm just making crazy guesses, <laughs> but I do feel like, um, just thinking of like the sign, cause I always think it's like energy based and I wonder mm-hmm. if something with the way that, you know, energy reacts to, to cold air maybe had. Yeah. I mean, um, that's what it seemed like to me. It was the conductivity of the air, which, you know, sometimes you would think, well, maybe, you know, when it's humid, you should have some kind of a reaction too, right. but I think it's probably many many things and not just one right you know because i also think that um the building is made of stone um it's massive you have way fewer view uh visitors right so you know maybe the dormancy during the winter the lack of moisture in the air um you know again i do this i've done this for 35 years i do it constantly and i cannot tell you anything with any certainty you know what i mean sure, I can only yeah, of course. You, yeah. like i always say i can only present evidence i cannot present proof because i don't have any yeah that's it's just so fascinating to me I, like i 
none of this is official that's the thing with any ghost that's what I always say when I listen like ghost stories or have people on is none of it is like completely proven fact so I kind of do go off on these little tangents of like oh what if it is this because that'd be really cool but I do understand and agree with you that it's probably not just one thing so it's going to be difficult to pinpoint it's it's not just the cold it's it's many right and and it it could be you know it could be a thousand different little tiny things Mm -hmm. and some might be dependent on the cold and some might be unrelated to the cold and and uh it could be any it could be any or all of those things um but it is interesting when you do start to notice that i will say in the museum though we always have more activity the more people are around so if we and, and we have more activity when certain people are around so I often wonder if that isn't kind of the personality of both the uh, energy of the place, but also uh, my staff, you know, oh. if they're, if, if the, if the kind of personality of their energy isn't, doesn't make something more conducive, you know, make it more conducive that something would happen versus not. They always say that when I'm around, the place is way more active. That's so and I interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's really fun. fun. Yeah. (laughs) I do wonder if it's like, you know, like a safe space for ghosts. You know, they're like, oh, people want to see you. I do call it the wayward. I do call it the home for wayward spirits. So, (laughs) and they're welcome to stay. Um, (laughs) That's amazing. And there are definitely times when I feel like that we might actually be that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, like, I, I maintain, I hope, a healthy skepticism, but I also feel like. Um, I don't think you could spend a week in the museum and not, and not say, you know what, there's something to this, you know, if you're being honest, you know, if you're being honest, um, a lot of people come into a space and into a haunting or into a haunted location and they want a Hollywood experience. And Mm -hmm. that's just not what happens. So you have to, you have to, you have to be prepared to treat the subtle activity with respect because even though it's not a big loud hollywood is uh, happening it still happened <laughs> you know absolutely it's still, yeah you, you still can't commonly explain it yeah it's still unexplainable that's that's really cool um is there a particular uh paranormal story you wanted to get into today um well you know i i've i've, I've done this for a long time um mm-hmm. i would I could talk I could I could give you an example of maybe something that has happened in the in in the museum that would um, be great. so the mu- the museum has I the museum has about 250 artifacts on display at any given time wow but in but in the basement we have an area that we call the isolation uh chamber and essentially what it is is it's an area when artifacts come into us that they're put into for about three to six months. And the reason is, is that generally speaking, if you have an artifact that is exhibiting phenomena around it, and the phenomena is based on what we would call residual energy, if it doesn't have any, if it doesn't have any energy to kind of bounce off or off of or amplify, that activity will, will stop. It just, it doesn't have a battery to charge it and so that activity will will stop if it is an intelligent 
activity that is that there's some kind of an actual spirit or some kind of energy that has some kind of uh intellect to it it won't <laughs> you know not only will mm -hmm. it not stop it won't be confined to the space we probably have about another 400 artifacts down in the isolation and i mean you know we have dolls we have artifacts from murders we have artifacts but I will say the vast majority of our artifacts are related to kind of personal experiences in people's homes. So about, it was prior to COVID. So I would say about three and a half years ago, I was actually staying in the office of the museum because I was getting up early in the morning to go up and pick up an artifact up in um, Connecticut. And it was, it was the middle of August and it, it must have been 2019 because I think, I think Lorraine, I think Lorraine um, Warren had just passed away. So, and I think she mm -hmm. died in 2019. So, and the reason why that's is, is I was actually picking up an artifact from the town that she lived in, not related to her, but it was the town that she lived in. Cool. And I was making the decision as to whether or not I would visit her grave. And, you know, if I was going to visit her grave, it would have been as a tourist. And I felt, felt like that was inappropriate at such a short period of time, you know, after her, you know, I mean, her family was still grieving. I just felt it's not appropriate for me to visit her grave at that point. So, you know, long story short, I decided to stay in the museum because what I'm picking up is a coffin, right? And Whoa. I need to have... Uh, someone helped me do it and the person that's going to help me lives in the same town as the museum so it would be easier for me to pick him up at six o'clock in the morning and and you know we could run up to Connecticut and, and be back before noon that was me being completely crazy because you cannot do anything in Connecticut fast right yeah <laughs> so um I, I go to bed I have there's a Murphy bed up there I pulled the bed out it's very very comfortable um, the air conditioning's going, the ceiling fan's going, and um, around three o'clock in the morning. Now, now the whole building is commercially great; it, it's uh, rated for commercial, right? So, mm -hmm. technically, I'm not supposed to be sleeping up there, but you know, let's keep that under wraps. But mm -hmm. um, the way it works is, if there's some kind of a failure in the in in if the if the electricity goes out or if there's a fire or something like that these floodlights come on so that people can find the exit right it's just it's just a it's it's just a safety thing that you're required to have as a commercial mm -hmm. building but it only happens if the if the sprinklers go off or you lose power it's the only time it happens so i'm laying in bed it's around three o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden every floodlight in the building goes on right oh, no. and we're a very small building and i'm laying in bed and it's so bright it's like a landing strip in an you know in an airport i open my eyes and i can see that the fan is still going and i can hear that the air conditioner is still going right so i know there's no fire there's no mm -hmm. you know i there's no reason for this to happen and we have i kind of have saloon doors that go into the bedroom into what's my office slash bedroom and they're shaking so i'm laying there and i oh, can no. see they're, they're made out of glass right there's smoked glass and i can see a shadow on the other side of them now the doors open up right to a staircase and also to a kitchen so it splits off 
So I see something kind of wandering back and forth in front of the doors. Every light is on, which means I shouldn't really see a shadow, right? Because it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not casting a shadow because there's lights everywhere. So what I'm actually seeing is a figure that's, I can see through the smoky glass. So I'm laying there and I, I can just, I just feel like, you know, I know something's weird. So I'm laying there maybe for god i want to say it was like five or six minutes but it probably was more like a minute and a half and finally i just yell and i say knock it off like that like i'm like i'm angry you know knock it off yeah every light in the place shuts down every single light shuts down i roll over i pull my blanket (laughs) over my head and i'm like i'm gonna leave well enough alone and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go back to sleep right so i go back to sleep not easily, but I go back to sleep because I still feel like there's somebody walking around outside. So mm-hmm. next morning, the guy shows up, he comes upstairs and uh, we're making our game plan. And I'm very distracted because I'm I'm kind of freaking out because I don't know what happened. I'm on the third floor of this building. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes, you know, what's wrong with you? And I said, I said, something weird happened last night. But I don't know, and I don't want to jump to conclusions, but either there's a major electrical issue with this building or, and we kind of know who we're talking about when we talk about the ghost in the building. Mm. We always refer to her as her, right? Okay. Um, or she, or, you know, or she did something last night. Now I have a big TV up on my wall and it's about seven feet up on the wall. The only way to turn it on and turn it off was with a remote, right? Well, I'm never in there watching television. So the remote is always in um, the nightstand. So as I'm talking to him, I said, I don't know whether it was her or an electrical thing or what, but it freaked me out. And as I'm speaking, the television goes on by itself over my head. Oh, right. So we both kind of looked at each other and I said, all right, where's the remote? And the remote was in the nightstand. No way somebody sat on it or anything like that. Had to find it and shut it off. And, you know, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it definitely felt like something, you know, pretty paranormal had happened. Yeah. So I go downstairs. We're going to go up and we're going to, we're going to pick up this casket. I go downstairs and the front door to my business is open. When the sports world was introduced to two new team names within a week, comedian Dave Primiano told his friend and fellow comedian Dan Getz, we should do a limited series podcast where we rank all the team names in sports. And they did just that. And after they were done, they decided, hey, let's just keep ranking stuff. Thus was born the Rank Bank, where each week they are joined by a panel of experts, aka fellow comedians, to rank all things ranging from the unimportant to the really unimportant. New episodes drop on Mondays and sometimes Tuesday if it's a two-parter. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore rank underscore bank. Somebody had neglected to lock the door. And I fully believe she was telling me and warning me that the front door was unlocked. Wow. I took it as an aggression, but I think it was a protection. 
and um stuff like that happens all the time she i i've had i've had cases where police officers have come into the i probably should have told this one but where police officers have come into the building there's a police officer in town who as a rookie got called out to my place because the door was unlocked. And sometimes, you know, that happens. And he went through the building and he, he absolutely refuses to come back into the building now. <laughs> and his nickname, and this is eight years later, is still Casper. Because <laughs> he saw something. Which I just think is terrific. That's you know, I so just think funny. That's <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so... But so see, what... I don't get, uh-huh. I don't get uncomfortable there's only yeah. been one time in my building where I've gotten uncomfortable. And that's with an artifact that I've never put on display. It's still in the isolation. Um, and I felt, and I did feel like, I feel like if, if you're around some, if something makes me uncomfortable, then I, I, I tend to feel like, then I, I, it's, it's like, if Something's it makes me wrong. uncomfortable, I feel like it's going to make other people really uncomfortable you know yeah and so there's a few artifacts in the building that i i definitely still keep in isolation and there's a couple of artifacts that i keep in storage i don't even keep them in the building could you describe that artifact or is it like it's a doll so it's it's a doll it is a very it's not creepy looking it's actually very kind of sweet looking Mm -hmm. um but it the story to it is very it's it's related to covid it's it's a very personal story for a family so i i kind of don't like to tell the story um you know publicly but i will say it got it got thrown out by it got thrown out by a police officer who who was a part of his family um you know just an artifact from his family he didn't like it he threw it out unfortunately he passed away and his wife found it in their basement months after he passed away and she felt like it was part of what led to his death and whether that's true or not i think that that kind of belief and that kind of energy can can kind of create i will tell you i don't like i said i don't believe every story and generally speaking especially with dolls i i don't buy it all the time but when sure. this thing came into my hands, I was like, oh, I don't like that. You know, I really didn't yeah. like it. And I put it in the I put it in the basement for it's been there for two years. Do you have a way? So is there do you just put it in storage or do you like say a prayer or have sage or something? No, down I don't there because it? I don't have that kind of faith. So okay. Uh, you know i'll 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 i don't i don't have well i I, you know maybe i'm maybe i'm lying because there is one thing (laughs) that i have rosary beads on Mm -hmm. and that i just was like you know what i'm gonna throw the kitchen sink at that thing sure Um, most (laughs) things however i feel things can be negative but that doesn't mean that they're demonic it doesn't mean that they have any kind of like you know any kind of like raging power i think a lot of times the raging power that things have are our fear of them and so what i think if you remove them from where they can interact with things they're just not going to have the energy or the strength to be you know negative wow that's a really good point maybe more often than not with these things our negative energy is what's fueling them well i always say you know like you can be afraid of a dog it doesn't mean it's going to bite you yeah yeah you know like you know and also there's there's a whole series there's a whole theory um lots of different paranormal theories 
you know, it's not just ghosts, you know, it's not just psychic mm-hmm. phenomena, it's not just mediumship, it's not just the survival of personality after death or the divine and the profane or the demonic. Um, there's also such things as like thought forms and tulpas. And right. I think that we have a tendency to instill in objects our energy. So if you see some, like, you know, you see something ugly and scary, it becomes ugly and scary. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's nothing inherently scary about that except that you're afraid of it. And so mm-hmm. I think and and in a place like the paranormal museum where people are coming in specifically with that belief set, we have to be very, very careful not to cater to that. You know, mm-hmm. we have to be really careful not to to just kind of jump in and say, no, no, you're right. This is scary, so be afraid of it. And and I will say that the vast majority of our artifacts don't have a negative haunting associated with them. They might have a grumpy haunting associated with them, but it's not necessarily negative. I love that. I do have a couple questions. The the first one goes back to something you mentioned way earlier, but you mentioned that some of your artifacts that are residual hauntings kind of lose that energy is that the case you think with with artifacts taken out of the the place where whatever that energy or whatever the the trauma was yeah occurred? I think that happens because I think it might not be the artifact that's haunted I mean I think in mm-hmm. in 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 mm-hmm. the in in most cases people are haunted not artifacts and I think that that's because it's wow. a it's a two-way road right mm-hmm. so it's it's a connection that you have Mm-hmm. And I also think that I think that um, most hauntings are very, very personal. So it's it's extremely rare, extremely rare um, to have a haunting that's going to be separate from um, the person that's experiencing the haunting. So it's so rare. Like, and I will say there are it's so rare, but it's not non-existent. They're definitely we walk into Eastern State Penitentiary. It is haunted. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't care Absolutely. what anyone says. It's haunted. Now, is it haunted by uh, intelligent spirits? I don't know. Is it or is it residual energy from the past that's recorded on stone? Um, that's entirely possible. Same thing with Gettysburg. Um, mm-hmm. I will say when you get intelligent responses uh, using EVP or something like that, it's very compelling. That being said, people are also present right so mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you and i are present and we're getting an answer that we think is true how, who's to say it's not us that's you know i mean if an evp i mean think about it if it if a spirit can communicate using evp well there's a spirit in your body right now right? <laughs> yeah. there's a spirit yeah. in my body right now so who's to say that those spirits aren't the one and you know that's what I'm saying when I say that we're not really researchers or really, you know, you know, it, it's sure. not scientific. It's not. It's not forensic. It's impossible to discern. However, I like to say, just use your head to pillow test, right? Mm-hmm. Say what you believe. And if you can put your head to pillow at night, be okay with it. I also <laughs> sure. say to people, when you investigate the paranormal, do it for yourself because no one's going to believe you anyway so <laughs> yes yeah you know, just do it <laughs> for yourself fair. and i know there are things that i believe that i won't put forward as you know as fact because i don't know you know sure. I, I mean i i have i have i've had experiences where i absolutely believe i've interacted with a non-corporeal you know 
entity. And, and, mm-hmm. and I'd like to say it was a person, you know, and I would say the vast majority of times it is a person, but I will also say that I've been on investigation where I am a hundred percent convinced it was mind reading a hundred percent convinced. It doesn't mean I'm right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't, those are just my, you know, those are sure. just my theories and my interpretation of data. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting because I have I have similar experiences. I grew up in a haunted house. Same vibe as you sort of where I my whole thing on the show is that all of my haunting experiences were very positive. I've never had like a, a ghost try to spook me or anything like that. Right. Like it was always a very sweet interaction. Um, but I've had the same and thing. And it was where, probably like, almost exclusively in the daytime. You know what I mean? Um, like like people yeah some some of them were some of them uh, i had like a I mean, couple people of have this tendency to be like um oh you know it's at night in an abandoned building it's not it's usually where life is happening mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like it's rare not unheard of but it's rare a lot of times it's when people are sitting down having dinner all of a sudden something happens in the kitchen sure because yeah. there's energy to us we're interacting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so Um, And I will also say that a lot of times when you're talking about an intelligent haunting, it is not necessarily aware of you. Yeah, I never thought. And it's not necessarily aware that it's impacting you. You know, I had this one story where this woman came into my shop when I first opened up, you know, maybe 12 or 13 years ago. And she had a house in uh, Ocean Grove and her great grandfather had built it. And she was probably in her mid 60s and she uh, had grandchildren. And the grandchildren were coming over and they were seeing a man um, on the landing and it was scaring the hell out of them. They were like four or five years old. And so she said to me, she came over to me and she said, how do I get rid of them? And I said, oh, you don't, you don't get, it's, you, you learn to live with it. You don't get yeah. rid of a ghost, right? Yeah. So I said, well, it's probably your great grandfather. What, why do you want to get rid of it? She said, well, he's scaring the hell out of the kids. And I said, he probably doesn't know that. So go home. I said, go home and walk through the house and say, hey, we know you're here. We're so glad you're here with us, but you're scaring the hell out of the kids. Can you please make sure they don't see you? (laughs) And two months later, she came to the house and she said, I have to tell you, I I was freaking out. I was thinking I was going to have to sell the place. I was having people coming in, smudging it and saging it. And she goes, and we haven't seen them since. And the kids are absolutely fine because they he wasn't intending to scare anyone he right. just wasn't aware that he was you know? <laughs> he probably didn't know they could see him at all and, and he know? might not have even been a, you know like he might not have even been aware that they were there mm-hmm. you know like he's going around doing his and 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 maybe i'm completely wrong but it worked you know so i have a, i always have a tendency to say it's easier to learn to live with them than it is to try and get rid of them and generally speaking most people are not jerks Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. if you ask if you if you say hey you're scaring the kids most people are going to be like i don't want to scare the kids (laughs) you know so you're gonna and now when you come upon something that's a little bit more aggressive um you know maybe that's not going to work but i would say 90 percent of the time that works yeah i feel that way with like the hauntings i've experienced and just the the ones that we've collected on this show that 
I don't know what the rules are, but I do know that most of the time, if you set a boundary with something supernatural, yeah. it it listens. So like sometimes yeah. Yeah. I'll be like super open and I'll be like, let's do this. And then something happens. And I'm like, never mind. And it stops, right. you know, because you're like, I changed well, my mind. Well, it's funny because I have this young woman that works for me who is, she travels around and she, you know, she, she has a YouTube channel and she loves you know, ghosts and she wants, and she kept saying to me, I really want to see one. I really want to see one. And so we were in the, um, in the museum, uh, main hall, the, the main salon of the museum. And I said, listen, if you want to see a ghost, just say out loud, I want to see a ghost, you know, like say it. And she saw, she saw, we both saw the same thing. Right. But I had seen it a hundred times before. And we saw the figure of a woman, very split second, she asked for it. She got it. She <laughs> lost her shit completely. Yeah. <laughs> she was absolutely petrified. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. She goes, I, I she, and she couldn't speak. You know, she couldn't speak. So I said, okay, now tell her you don't want to see her again. Like, like yeah. set your boundaries, you know? <laughs> but I remember the first time I saw an actual, I saw something that I would call a ghost and I had already been doing this for 20 years at that point. And I remember saying to myself that I was, I felt so bad for all the people who had come to me and said that they had seen a ghost because even though I purported to believe them, I knew, I know I didn't because mm. I suddenly was a member of this club that I had not been a member of prior. And all of the people that came and said, I saw this figure or I saw I I I know that I was going I know in my heart I was thinking to myself sure you did uh-huh <laughs> yeah, sure you, you did mm-hmm. and then when I saw and what I saw was as physical a thing as a person standing next to me it wasn't wispy it wasn't this it wasn't that and I wasn't drunk I'm not stupid and I'm not lying you know and yeah it was there for five or six seconds and it flipped out right in front of me right and Mm. i know that i don't know what it was right i i i don't purport to know whether it was a a human spirit an intelligent spirit uh you know a figment of i know it wasn't a figment of my imagination but some other thing some other thing that was unrelated to an actual spirit i don't know what it was but i know i didn't believe people when they told me because when when i when it happened to me, I was like, nope, I did not believe that. I did not. And um, there's a guy in uh, a, a parapsychologist by the name of um, Lloyd Auerbach. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but Mm-mm. Lloyd Auerbach, I would say is, he's never been a TV guy, but he's a, he's a legit, um, he's a real paranormalist. This is a guy that's been doing this for a very long time, wrote, literally wrote the book on it. Um, and probably, you know, he just missed being like a TV guy by like 10 years. Right. So he's wow. like a Hans Holter type or, okay. um, but and he's still around and he teaches at, um, I think he teaches at Kennedy university. I mean, and, and he, he's got a PhD and he, he does a lot of, a lot of stuff and he's a, he's a, he's an important figure in the paranormal field that almost no one knows about. Right people don't really know about him but he said ghosts have been proven to exist beyond they've empirically been proven to exist 
we know ghosts exist. What they are is still open to interpretation. And I think that that's (laughs) a really good way of approaching the paranormal. People Mm. are having these experiences. How we explain them, that's still open to interpretation and debate absolutely yeah yeah because i like i've i've never seen a full body apparition i am i'm very jealous of people who've gotten that but i believe because of the things i have so like i the one thing is a lot of the times the things i've experienced i've like woken up out of sleep to to this experience and i wonder if that's so that i'm not as scared that's what i've always like suppose is like maybe it's a way to ease me into this experience where I don't freak but there is I don't think it's it's, this is just my opinion but I don't think that stuff is all that planned out yeah I think it's way more organic than we think it is and I also think that you know maybe you use the wrong shampoo that day or maybe you use the right shampoo or maybe you had an orange instead of a grapefruit and I I don't I, I think it's I don't I don't think it's arbitrary. I think it's probably not at all arbitrary. Mm-hmm. I just think that because we don't know the formula, we only fall on it every once in a while, right? Yeah. And like there there are spirit like there are people who claim to see spirits constantly. So mm-hmm. maybe that's literally something to do with their physicality. You know, maybe that's lit- and maybe it doesn't like have medium. Any, you mm-hmm. know, when people say, "Well, kids, you know, they haven't been taught not to believe." Kids up until the age of seven, literally their brains and their eyes change when Mm. they're seven years old. Generally speaking, kids report seeing spirits up until about the age of seven, right? I don't think that has anything to do with reason, intellect, belief, or anything. I think it's a physicality. You know, I think that they might have a physical ability of, of, uh, you know, discerning different uh, colors and wavelengths and, and things like that. Um, I will say it, the more I do this stuff, I, I, I'm not very dependent on equipment um, because I think all equipment becomes mediumistic, you know, but I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cool. You know, yeah. it's very cool when you, when you see something, but it makes zero sense to me that a spirit would retain a human form. Like it just makes zero yeah. sense to me, you know? <laughs> That's fair, um, yeah. <laughs> so that makes me wonder if we don't have some control over how spirits appear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if a spirit is invisible and then you get this camera and the camera, you know, all of a sudden, you know you have a stick figure that has two legs two arms and a head it's raising its arm that sounds to me like it's interpreting our view of a spirit and not necessarily the like why would energy be six i mean it just doesn't make any sense why would energy be six foot with the trunk ahead and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so i feel like maybe we as interpreters of energy are as in are as impactful to it as the energy itself we have more input into what we're seeing than we absolutely yeah absolutely that's really cool i've never ever thought of that of how the influence we might have as spirits in our own body yeah i mean that makes right i mean think about that you know if 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 i can read your mind right and honestly that's been empirically proven to exist right we know esp exists um dr ryan proved that at the ryan institute uh beyond statistical doubt right so Mm -hmm. and we know that the government um and i don't want to sound like a 
oh, the government is doing Conspiracy this. The government is that. But <laughs> yeah. we do know that that the U.S. government has uh, put a lot of money into uh, psychic uh, research and psychic phenomena. Um, so we know that there's something to that. And we know mm-hmm. that Ryan did statistically prove the existence of ESP. So it's a it's a very tiny little step, but it's a huge leap, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so if if your thought can exist outside the physical confines of your body now, well, that's that's your zero, that's your zero, right? That's right. your ground, that that's that's where you start then with mm-hmm. the idea that thoughts can exist outside of the physicality of the body. That sounds a lot like spirit. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I do. I want to talk more about the museum Um, before I get into asking about artifacts. um, You did mention that you feel the spirit is a woman and then also had a story of how you caught like a quick glimpse of her. Um, do you know the history of the building? Is is it a woman like? It, so it's not someone... related to the building. It's really she's not related to the. I do know the history of the building, and there is okay. a murder that took place there in 1910. But oh, wow. that is less. Uh, there's less activity around that than there is around the artifacts. And the artifact that I was talking about um, is actually actually came to us from a, a police officer in uh, 2010, um, and this person is is allegedly attached to this artifact um the reason why i am reticent to speak of it is because based on the religious connotations of the artifact um and there's ceremonial and ritualistic things associated with it she is under my power because i own the artifact Mm -hmm. and whoever owns the artifact is then um has power over her i don't know if that's true i don't know if it's not true i don't know if it's factual what i do know is that i will not be a part i will not be complicit in the enslavement of anyone so i don't ever refer to her speak to her ask her to do anything or because i don't know if she has the ability to um consent now she doesn't have any obligation to anyone but me so Mm -hmm. everybody else can ask her to do anything that they want yeah but i can't right because she may be required um she's not the only spirit that we see in the building there are a couple i believe most of them have come in with artifacts i also believe that i believe that when we jokingly talked about like like a home for wayward spirits i yeah i i think there's something to it right i think that um we do a lot of seances too so i i think that it's funny people come into the building and they 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 interact with their own uh family spirits in our building wow Um, that's that's awesome and, and i think that that's because it's almost like maybe we've worn down some boundaries or something or like yeah. when you, I, I like to say it's like setting the table right so they right. show up and they're already three steps into belief when they get mm-hmm. in there so um the table is set for them they know what to expect and they're open to it and so people do have um we've done investigations where uh, we've been investigating artifacts, but the EVPs that have come through are a hundred percent related to the people who are present. So, and and I think that that's 
that ha again, I think that has to do with their beliefs versus our setup. That's so cool. Yeah, because I do, I, I imagine like if I plan to visit the museum, I would already be a lot more open-minded and, and hopeful to to interacting with a spirit than say like my day-to-day -day life. There's like a, again, like a safety to it, which is really interesting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's a, you know, it's, it's like, why the hell not? You know, yeah, in for a yeah. penny, in for a pound. Plus, we're <laughs> sure. very small. So you're not going to be, and you're with your own group, mm -hmm. right? So we only do private events. So we, so it's, it's not, it's generally not a group of strangers. It's generally people who know each other, which can be very conducive to um, interaction. It, it sometimes can work against it too, because sometimes the people that you're closest to are the people you don't want to be uh, forthcoming with. But sure. um, generally speaking, it's it it tends to lead to more um more interaction absolutely that's so cool do you have a favorite artifact in the museum that you're you can talk about i have a lot of artifacts that i i, I love um my i would say one of my favorites is definitely the um singing couch because <laughs> i don't i yeah it, and we've recorded the so the story is that the person that built the couch was a very famous American, um, a very famous American artist and, and uh, carpenter. Um, and he was a free man of color. And he actually uh, had a manufacturing plant in North Carolina. In uh, he, he died in 1861. So um, he died before the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, he would buy slaves teach them excuse me he would buy enslaved people teach them to be carpenters pay them a wage let them buy their freedom and keep them on as workers right so he did this as a way of getting awesome. people out of slavery and he would lay down um of an afternoon um on a couch in his parlor and he used to claim that he would hear a woman singing gospels or spirituals now, he didn't own field slaves and he didn't own women. So he took that as a sign that God was telling him that it was his job to lighten the load of as many people as he possibly could and that it, he wow. was driven to do this. So he passes away in 1861 and the, and the couch stays in his family until uh, 2016 when it's actually donated to the Paranormal Museum. And um he's very famous um and his stuff is in uh the smithsonian and whatnot and they reach out to me and they said hey would you like to have this artifact and i said yeah i'd love to have this artifact um but why are you not donating it to the smithsonian and they said well they have hundreds of pieces of his work um and also they won't tell the story and the only thing mm -hmm. that's important about this couch is this story that he would hear this spirit and that for generations his descendants would hear the spirit That's so, so cool. they donated to me it comes up i'm renovating the paranormal museum moving from one location to another and the only artifact that i have in the place is is uh, the singing couch and something else called the tarot lamp and the a local radio station had reached out to me and said, Hey, one of the DJs wants to spend the night in a haunted location. Can they stay over in the, in the museum? I said, yeah, absolutely. So I'm telling them the story 
and uh, I'm getting ready to go because it's Saturday night. I'm gonna get the hell out of Dodge. Sure. <laughs> and um, and uh, a couple of days later, I get an email from the uh, production assistant that had set the whole thing up, and it said to Kathy Kelly from Justin L. Subject heading: Holy shit! Right. So okay. I look at it. I and there's a whole bunch of EVPs. And one of the EVPs is they're talking around the tarot lamp and, and they're asking, who, who do you want to talk to? And um, you very clearly hear it say Kathy Kelly, which is awesome, right? <laughs> so it knows it's me. And then the other EVP is me. And I'm telling the story of the singing couch. And I'm clearly trying to get out, right? I'm clearly trying, I'm wrapping it up, getting ready sure. to go. But underneath my voice you hear a woman singing a gospel song 100% undeniable now since then we've also caught it three other times and the three other times have been caught while people were sitting on the couch with their own cell phones so they've caught it to me I absolutely love this I absolutely so love this because cool. this is not a ghost there's not a ghost of a slave lady, right. you know, uh, on the couch singing to us. It's not that. It's that Something this new. man was so driven and believed so much in what he was doing that he left it permanently on this on, on this artifact. And 150 or 160 years later, we can still hear it. This 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 incredible drive right to do the right thing and to me that's the most positive story that we have it's right. absolutely beautiful i think it's an absolutely beautiful story and i love the fact that that you know that we can still hear his dream it's like a reminder for generations and, and to it's, come you know it's also it's also a reminder that we're not that far away mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. history Mm -hmm. You know, we're not so far away that, and it also is a reminder that what we do leaves a mark. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and it reverberates through time. Time is, you know, time is fluid and, and, right. and, you know, what you do matters. You know, I, I, it's hands down my favorite thing that we have. Um, and I have a lot of artifacts. I love all of my artifacts, even the, you know, dark ones, but Sure. This one to me is a wonderful example of how a haunting can um, bring something really positive into your life. Yeah. How do you obtain these artifacts? Is it just like word of mouth? People find you online? Or? Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes I, if there's a particular artifact that I'm familiar with that I want, I'll go out and acquire it. You know, like I'll, sure. there, there are definitely people that, that, uh, buy and sell these things um and sometimes i'll buy something related to a haunting because i want to tell the story so i'll have an artifact that's not necessarily haunted but it's related to a haunting so i can tell the story a lot of times though and i would say the vast majority of our stuff has come to me because people are having experiences that they don't want it in that mm. they don't want it in the house anymore but they don't want to destroy it Mm -hmm. um, because honestly, you shouldn't destroy something that's that has activity. Um, right. And then there are definitely historical things. Uh, sometimes I just show up at the shop and it's sitting out front. You know, I, and I, I might not even know. And then <laughs> a so lot of spooky. times, especially with golf, um, 
I would say mm-hmm. the last four years, though, I've had full collections donated to us where people um, have passed away and their family are like, we don't want to throw this in the dumpster and we don't know what this stuff is because it wasn't necessarily our interest. So I had a library that was donated to us and, and um, not all of the subjects in the Paranormal Museum are my interests, but mm. um, I I have UFO reports from the 1950s that are literally typewritten. That's so they're so not, cool. you know, they're not publications. There's some, they're reports that people actually made to move on and they're actually completely typewritten. And then um, uh, Psychic passed away this past year. Uh, Frank James, who's a really terrific guy, worked a lot with the FBI, worked a lot with police departments. Um, and when he passed away, his daughter reached out to me and said, listen, he's got this massive collection of uh, artifacts and things. And he spent a lot of time in Egypt. He did a lot of past life stuff in Egypt. Whoa. Um, and she's, she said, I just, I just really, and a lot of ritualistic stuff. All of that stuff is still in my basement. Wow. That is so cool. So for the books and say like the UFO documents, can customers like obviously buy a ticket when they come in, can they just hang out? Is there like a reading area for people to read these books or well, um, is it more so, just, like observing? So the, so the, the, um, the bookstore, you know, is just like a regular bookstore. Mm-hmm. If you are a paranormalist though, I do have an occult library and the occult library, if you're, a, we have something, we have a, you know, we have a Patreon, but we also have a membership. Mm-hmm. And generally, if you if you buy a tour from us at all during the year, it actually does give you four hours access to the library. You That's just have so to cool. contact me and schedule it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have about 500 physical volumes that are are not digitized. Right. So they're not they're not things that you're going to find online. And then I have about 3000 titles that are ebooks that are available that we have a, you know, we, I have a, an, I'm, you know, a, a Mac sitting there that you can, you can peruse them. Sure. I would say these things are more for, for hardcore researchers mm-hmm. than, than the casual person. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some of, some of the books are, are really, some of them are handwritten. You know, I mean, like there, there are awesome. things that you're just not going to find other places. But yeah, I try to make them as accessible to real students. It's called the occult library, but it's not really it's it's not exclusively for occultists. It's really for anybody who's who's an, who, who might be an historian of this subject matter or or have a curiosity. Certainly thing. We, certainly we have subjects like demonology and vampires and werewolves and I have some stuff by Goulding and Sabine and I have um, a lot of stuff by the Warrens and I'm not a huge Warren fan, but they're important people in the paranormal community. Um, But I try to make it accessible to uh, groups and and people who are doing real research. That is, that's so cool. I'm definitely, so you're in Asbury Park and it's so funny because I've always been into the paranormal and uh, shame on me for never coming into your shop because (laughs) my cousins live in uh wall new jersey and we used to go to oh, asbury yeah. park as a kid i would walk past your shop not a kid this was like a couple years ago <laughs> i'm not <laughs> as young as i'm trying to pretend i am right now but younger and i'd always be like we gotta go in there but of course it'd always be like nighttime and stuff and we, we'd always be right. like yeah yeah we'll do it but i'm definitely gonna come visit you soon because this is just so cool like just everything you're doing there is so fascinating it's well, really when awesome. you do, make sure you reach out to me so I can make sure that I'm there for you because there are, 
Okay. The space is actually too small for what we're doing. So there are definitely things that are not, um, are not out for the general public that mm. we can make more accessible to other people. You know oh, what I mean? Cool. So, yeah. um, and there's certainly, yeah, I mean, there are nooks and crannies and stuff like that, that, that on a regular tour, Mm-hmm. you might not see but if you're a little bit more invested and and uh, i do something called the, the curators tour the curators tour once a month and it's really it's me giving the tour and you know i you never know what's going to happen because it's always going to be whatever is interesting to me at that moment you know what i mean right and especially if an artifact just recently came in and and we did we've got we got in some really really interesting artifacts in the last two weeks sounds Um, like yeah recently (laughs) one of the things that come that happens too is when you bring in a new artifact it does seem to impact the other ones what you know (laughs) in what way like yeah so i i got in a um a bride and groom outfit right from about the 1890s and um we've noticed that we're having more activity around one of our we have a an artifact that has a woman in white associated with it and it's a death mask of this young woman who died in the 1830s in france and we're noticing more activity around her um since i brought these two since i brought in this this morning suit and this um and this uh um uh wedding dress so you know all of those things are always kind of they may not even be on the tour because we don't even know it's going to happen you know what i mean but when i do the curator tour it's very kind of loose and and just kind of me saying oh by the way you know this is going on yeah that sounds so cool (laughs) yeah it's a lot of fun that rocks well uh i will first of all if you ever want to come on the show again if you're promoting something at the shop, because I know you have so many cool events. You just did your Krampus events, which looked awesome. Right. Um, definitely let me know because this was I had so much fun talking to you. Um, but also where can my listeners find you, find information on the museum, follow you all So our time. website is paranormalbooksnj.com. You can also go to theparanormalmuseum.com. On Instagram, we are at the paranormal museum. Um, and that's generally where I am. I, I'm a I'm an Instagram person. Um, I should also say that we're we're going to be doing uh, the Jersey Devil Festival in May, and we do have something that we call the Pod Barons, which instead of the Pine Barons, which is where that's we fun. invite <laughs> in podcasters to come and do uh, live uh, podcasting broadcasts, but also um, just to interact with, uh, with the, you know, with, with our attendees. So if you're interested in being a member of the podcast of, uh, the pod barons, let me know. It's a lot of I fun. I would love um, that. I went this past summer out just into the pine barrens with my friends to, to like take footage and stuff. Obviously we did like tarot and things like that, but it was really fun <laughs> anyway. So that sounds great. <laughs> um, so we yeah. have a film festival around it. We also do something called, um, we do a cornhole tournament of cryptids. So it's it's to who is <laughs> okay. gonna be the most powerful, the best cryptid we have. And we do have we do a Jersey Devil walking tour. Um last year we had Adam Berry out from um from Kindred Spirits and uh we, we have uh we had uh Dana Dr. Dana Errett who is um who is uh I I, I wanna say he's um assistant director of the New Jersey Museum to talk about um cryptids in the fossil record. Um Matt Lake came out. So I wow. I 
we like to have fun with it, but, but, uh, you know, in my heart, uh, uh, I'm an academic. So, sure. um, I like to, I like to mix the two of them together. So we have a lot of fun. We'll have vendors. We'll do, um, I have a, a giant, um, Irish pub, inflatable Irish pub that we'll be showing movies in. So, uh, yeah, it's the first weekend in May. Um, that information will be updating, you know, in the next couple of weeks, everything is pretty much free. So it's really just a way for people to come out and hang out and have a good time. That's awesome. You're definitely going to be seeing me because my family lives out there. They're always begging me to visit. So I'll be there soon. Come on out. Heck yeah. Well, this was great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Real Chills is produced by Meg Katz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.